If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain. It's free, firstly. And there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will share your podcast for you so that it can be heard on podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need to make your first podcast episode all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to Memoirs of Faith podcast brought to you by yours truly Verona and I'm so excited and glad that you are here tuned in listening to me share topics related to faith, food and fitness. I pray that wherever you're listening in from whatever episode you're tuned into that it would encourage you and help you stand in the word of God, help you apply these truths and these tips to these areas in your life. Hope you enjoy. So on today's episode, I'm going to share how I started my journey in faith, food and fitness. So my journey started, I have been on and off with food and fitness. I've been on and off with exercise. I had a personal trainer. I um, started going to the gym and I really got well into it. I'd start going to the gym and consistently for two weeks. Then mother nature would arise, arrive And then I'd fall off the wagon for one week and then be like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. I want a rest. I deserve a rest. And then before I know it, one week turned into three weeks, three weeks turned into four weeks. And then I couldn't get up the energy to go back to the gym. Um, And that was my cycle, really. I was going in and out of the gym and I wasn't, there wasn't that level of consistency. I did have a few friends that I connected with. I really enjoyed going to the gym on a Saturday morning and I would get up early. I'd get up and then I'd do my classes. I'd do a double class and then I would get ready at the gym and then just go shopping, food shopping for the week or I'd go clothes shopping. And that was my routine. And I'm not sure what happened, but I kind of got out of that routine and just kind of gave up really. At that particular time, I was on a low carb diet and I um, had been through several diets years before and I would start it. I'd see um, some weight loss. I'd see some pounds come off. I'd see like never a huge amount, but I'd see little amounts come off and then I'd celebrate by eating food. So I would reward myself with food. And that was a cycle that I just kept going in and over and over again. Um, And I decided that I needed a change. So when it came to my health, I had a barrage of health problems um, throughout my years of eating. So I was 18 um, and I discovered um, a fast food chain that I loved. And I had the same meal Monday to Thursday, Fridays, I didn't go to college. And I was 16, sorry. So 16, I discovered this food chain. And then me and my friend, we would go there, we'd take a bus to the central shopping station. And we'd get the same meal every day, I'd get a Coke with it. And I would just full fat Coke, and I would just eat it. And then Fridays, I wasn't at college. So I stayed at home. And what I would do, I would have a whole bag of American double chocolate chip cookies. I'd melt them in the microwave for less than 30 seconds so they'd turn gooey in the middle. Sometimes I'd eat it just like that. But I'd also have a glass of full fat milk with them. I wanted to feel like I was living the American dream by having milk and cookies. So that was my life for, I was in um, college for about, from 16 to 17 and a half. I didn't go to university because I thought university was for smart people. So I never went. 
Um, and that was my life, really. So from the age of 16, I'm 18 now, and um, to the age of 35, that was my life. That was how I began to eat. I began to get acquainted with ready meals. Ready meals I would get, and I would put them in the microwave, I'd put them in the oven, and that's what I would do. If I was too lazy to cook, I would go out to get chicken and chips, and that would be my fast food. So I replaced my favourite co- um, church, sorry, so I replaced my favourite college meal with other local shops that were around me. So it was Chinese, um, fish and chips, and I would eat it. I'd eat it and then I'd eat some sweets, I'd eat some sugar afterwards. If I'm hungry, I'd eat a cake and stuff like that. So it got to a point where I was weighing, according to my height and my weight, I was weighing on the bottom scale of obese. So um, according to your measuring yourself, your weighing yourself, your height, how much you weigh, your body mass index, it came up on the chart for the age that I am and the ethnic group that I'm in, I'm, cl- I'm classed as, um, according to this scale, I'm classed as overweight. So imagine how you feel when you see that. You see that on the scale or you see that on the screen, wherever you're taking the test, whether it's at the doctor's or whether it's over your phone or on the computer, you see that and imagine the thoughts that are going through your head. Now, for me, sometimes I would choose what I want to deal with and what I don't want to deal with. So I chose not to deal with it. And the way I dealt with it was to continue to eat. It It got to a point where now I was beginning to feel pain. So pain in my throat, pain in my chest. If I was eating peppery foods or spicy foods, then I would have that burning sensation in my chest. And I then got to a point where I would manage it. So if I wanted to eat spicy food, I'd eat it before seven o'clock in the evening. And then I'd deal with the pain and the burning sensation throughout the day. As long as it, it came to seven, I was clear of that. Because if I didn't, um, stop eating it before seven, it would repeat over me and, and I would have a restless night throughout the rest of the night. So I began to find coping mechanisms to still eat the foods that I enjoyed, but it got to a point where the foods that I was quote unquote enjoying, they were physically making me sick and taking a toll on my body. And this began to get progressively worse, but I didn't heed to the warning signs of my body that my body was telling me something needs to stop. And I also didn't accept the doctor's advice. I thought I knew better than the doctor. So I was like, okay, let me just plan it. And it still happened. So I, that happened over a number of years now. I'm an adult now. I'm no longer in college. I'm no longer in education. I am an adult. So I'm aware of the choices that I'm making food wise. And also it got to a point where I was around friends and they were all eating that kind of food. And I wanted to feel normal. I went through a period of life where I wanted to be normal. And to me, that was quote unquote normal eating fast food, going to uh, restaurants where we could have fast food, where we could have burgers, and then we'd have a dessert afterwards. And my stomach is quite small. I can eat, I eat, I can eat. I have a good appetite when I eat, but um, I can sometimes, or I've sometimes felt along in that journey where my stomach could physically expand. I could feel it bloated from the burger bun and the chips, and then I would physically force myself to have um, dessert. And I would finish my food before anybody else on the table, and they're not ready for dessert yet. So then when they're still eating, I'd get another starter um, and then I'd get dessert afterwards. And I'd literally force myself not to waste any money, but I wanted to eat what I was eating just to feel connected and like we were all on the same page. And I didn't want it to be highlighted to me that I scoffed my food down within five minutes um, and everybody else was slowly taking a bite and 
eating the way that you should eat. You eat a few bites, you rest, put the fork down, and then you're giving your body's time to actually know, hang on a minute, I'm full. And your body can tell you these signals. Your body has a way of telling you the right things at the right time. But as I say, I ignored all of these signals. I ignored all of these signs and continued to go on this way of eating progressively for many years. And then it got to a point where now I enjoyed Chinese food. Now, every Friday, I'd go to families and that would be their takeout. So I would have takeaway with them. I'd go to friends that I hadn't seen for a year, for a few years. Um, we had left jobs. Uh, we, 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 we became good friends um, in a job. So we split part ways, but we still kept in contact. And then the normal thing to do on a Friday, I'm hungry, let's have a Chinese. So that's what happened. But Something began to change in my body where I'd be progressively sick every time that I had Chinese. If I had like chicken, if I had chicken and chips, if I had fish and chips, this would not happen to me, but it would progressively happen and it would consistently happen if I had Chinese food. Now, what I got, again, the patterns of um, learning how to manage the pain and learning how to overcome the pain by tricking my body into eating things without MSG, monosodium glutamate. So that glutamine so the msg is this flavor enhancer that is put into foods in chinese to make it flavorsome and all of that kind of stuff so um i asked for the chinese people to put no msg in it that's what i specifically asked for no msg can i have this i would order everything else that i used to have and then i asked for msg until that worked up once or twice but then it started, my body started to register, actually, no, this food, I don't like, whether MSG or without MSG, I don't like it, and then I'd be violently sick, and then I'd be violently sick, so, but you'd think that once I've been violently sick, I would stop, when I say violently, I mean sick, it's, it's, it's like, I mean, I would hold it in, I would just, refused to be sick and huddled over the toilet bowl and just be sick. I just hated it. So I just, again, I made a measure. I found a way of coping. I found a way of forcing my body to adapt to it. My When my body's actually physically telling me now, I can't take it. I can't take it. So then it started to play, um, show me warning signs. So the warning signs would first start in my throat. So I had a burning sensation in my throat. I liked Coke. Now, if you open up a can of Coke on a hot summer's day, it's cold. You take it out of the fridge, you open it, it makes that sound and then you drink it. It's lovely. But after a while, my throat began to do something and chicken. Sorry. So I really liked Coke. So that's what would happen. I would have a reaction when I started to drink Coke. Next was chocolate. I'd have the same thing when I started to have chocolate. So now the symptoms that I'm having, if I'm having spicy foods and I'm having heartburn, then I made an exception to the rule um, where I decided I'm still going to have it, but before 7 p.m. because I'd be able to sleep if I have it before 7 p.m. I'd still do with the burning, but I can have it before 7 p.m. and everything will be fine. Then I had Coke. I over and abused Coke. Then the burning sensation in my throat. Chinese food. I tried it with MSG. I tried it without MSG and the same results were happening. I was being physically sick. The next was chocolate. 
I'd have chocolate and then the same burning sensation was happening. So all of these symptoms I'm getting through the foods that I'm eating and the diet that I'm having, but still I did not pay any attention. So fast forward a few years and this this pain got progressively worse. Whereas I'm in the worship team and as a worship leader, you are leading the congregation or I was leading the congregation in sung worship, leading the band, leading the singers, leading the congregation. Good morning church as we stand, let's pray before we worship, etc etc that's what I was doing it got so bad when I was drinking coke it got so bad that I could not speak the doctor diagnosed me as having a bout of um, laryngitis they gave me antibiotics to treat that that didn't work then I got a second bout of it and they also told me that I have to go on vocal rest I said I can't go on vocal rest at this moment in time I'm working with children and I need my voice to be able to speak to the children so again I ignored that advice so I'm going on and on and on ignoring professional advice ignoring the signs and the signals that my body has given me and I'm going deeper and deeper into health distress now that happened a few years and on my men- my mentality was shot my confidence was shot because I now am eating all of the things that I know my doctors are advising me not to eat when they're looking in my throat when I go to see the ear nose and throat um, specialist they said do you eat a lot of spicy foods do you eat a lot of chocolate they said yes they said to your your um, tonsils look inflamed but you don't have any nodules Oh, okay. Once I heard that, I was like, okay, they're not inflamed. There's nothing wrong with my vocal cords. I can continue to keep eating. Now, at this point in my life, I did not value my body. I did not value the temple that God has given me. I just continued to eat. Food was a friend. Food was a comfort. Food was something that I abused my body with. And that may sound harsh to somebody, like thinking, huh, how can you how can you abuse your body with food? You absolutely can. If if you listened to all of the signs that my body was giving me, you'd think that I would have stopped. I didn't. I continued to eat until I went to the hospital now. I had to go to get hospital tests. And the doctors said it was inconclusive. They were looking for ulcers. They were like, they were concerned about ulcers. They were concerned about all of these things. So they immediately prescribed me some medication, um, a meprazole and lanzoprazole to heal the gut. Um, and I would take that for a while. Then once I'm healed, I'd go back to the food. And I'm saying this so matter of fact, but I know there are some people that do the same. And it took me reaching rock bottom in my life and in my health, constantly going through the same thing, degrading myself when I looked in the mirror, definitely afraid of taking a photo for anybody to point out that I look fat in the photo and take uh, the mickey out of how I look just like my colleague did at that particular time. So I ate my feelings, I ate the way I felt, I ate away, I tried to eat away the way that I felt, but I was putting my health more and more and more in danger. And it got to the point where I'd had enough, I'd had enough of the hospital test, I had enough of the letters coming through saying that we cannot find anything wrong with you, your body is fine, but you need to change your diet. I had enough of that, so I decided to get, lose fat quick basically. That's what I wanted. I was tired of seeing the way that I looked. I wanted it off quickly. Now, remember at the beginning of the story, I said I was 18. So from 18 to 35 is the 
amount of time that it took me to build up the fat for me to build and the fat to develop on my this visceral fat over my belly and my organs it took all those years for that to develop and I know that God had to really transform my mind and it's a journey there are struggles I still have with sugar today there are struggles that sometimes I'll still have Chinese and I will still get the physical cramps from Chinese food you might think well, why on earth would you still have Chinese food There are things in my life that I still need to lay down and ask God, Lord, help me. I I help me find recipes that are a healthy substitution to the foods that I like. Because my body is saying I don't like it and it hurts. The the, the cramps, the pain, and I do not want to have the, the, the violent out um, medication that they, the doctors ended up prescribing me, omeprazole, lansoprazole, and a, a le- not a lethal, but a really strong and high dose of and a double antibiotics. Because then they finally diagnosed me and said I have H. pylori, helicobacter pylori. And basically, that is a bacteria that anybody can have. You can get it from contaminated water or you can get it from the diet. And that's why I always drank water as well. So I used to drink filtered water and people at work used to think I'm a snob because I bring in my five litre water of my five litre bottle of water. But I drink that particular brand because of the pH balance and the alkaline because later the doctor diagnosed me with acid reflux. And GERD, so the symptoms of burning and the chocolate and the mint and all of that kind of stuff would repeat on my body and give me those symptoms. But again, it wasn't until I allowed God to transform me, allow God to change the way that I think um, towards myself and what I was doing to my body and the foods that I would eat in. And it is a battle. It is a constant thing where the Bible talks about that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And sometimes, sometimes in my case, you'd get tempted. I would get tempted to eat these things when I know it's physically damaging to my body. And it's like, God, help me, help me change my thoughts to way to food. Help me be transformed by your word. Help me to have a love and a desire for cooking healthy foods in Jesus name. And sometimes it could have been the oil that the food was cooked in, but it was that food, particularly Chinese, whether it had monosodium glutamate or not, it still had the same effect on my body. And that is something that I have to pray because sometimes we can, you know, we see, we get, we can get successful and we lose a few pounds and then we're like, yes, I've made it. And then slip back into old ways. I really cannot eat Chinese because it physically damages my health. And we only have this temple and the Bible talks about honor this temple. We have to be um, mindful of what we're putting into the temple. I love Daniel, the, the, the book of Daniel, where Daniel's um, about to start the 21 day fast. And he's talking about you um, to the other guys. He says to them, you eat your rich foods and I will eat nothing but fruits and vegetables. And then we, sh- we shall see how the other comes out. And then the story continues. And it's amazing how when they ate wines and um, meats and all of that kind of rich foods, the difference of how they came out to how Daniel comes out. Now, I'm not saying any of you listeners need to go and turn vegan or vegetarian, but that is striking. Now, when there's an over, there's an imbalance of the nutritious foods that we're putting in our bodies and we're having more processed foods than we are veg and nutritious foods that God had designed to bring aid to our bodies, then that's when we begin to, well, for my, for me personally, that's when I began to encounter um, illnesses and sicknesses. That's when the doctors are telling us that we should be wary of what we're putting in. 
they are aware and they understand. They've done the training. They've done the studies. To become a doctor, it's not, you know, the book of ailments that they have to go through. Not every diagnosis from the diagnosis from the doctor we need to take on. But if it's wise to understand if the doctor is saying to me in that sense, instance, you need to eat more veg, you need to eat more fiber, you need to eat more this. The doctor never told me you're fat, you're, you need to lose weight. The doctor didn't tell me that. The doctor was advising me. I believe God put those doctors in my place at that time for me to hear, but I was not in the position to hear what God was saying to me through those particular doctors. And it's okay. It's okay. God doesn't condemn me and he doesn't condemn us if we're not hearing, but there's once or twice my body was speaking to me, the doctors were speaking to me, I wasn't listening until I got to breaking point. Now I'm recording this podcast so you don't get to breaking point or maybe you already have reached your breaking point and you've had enough. I want to encourage you to get in the presence of God and really find out what he wants you to do, um, how he wants to show you how to be renewed and to really see food not as a crutch not as a support system when you're feeling low when you're feeling stressed you turn to food when you have a victory you lose a few pounds and then you return to food as a reward no find something else to reward yourself i'm a coach i coach people i coach clients through nutrition and i coach clients through fitness and i i speak to my clients and ask them what was your relationship like with food before you started your journey and some of that may need therapy some of that may need counseling i'm not a counselor but i've had counseling and some of the triggers that i find and how i find support have helped by going through counseling every counselor i've had christian counseling and i've had non-christian counseling and non-christian counseling every time i left a session i had eight sessions every single session the holy spirit after every session he highlighted an area for me to pray through I said, God, thank you for that session. It was amazing. It was this. And he'd instantly show me an area to pray on. And that, you know, is amazing how God is so relational. He he loves us. He cares for us. And if you are in a position where you're thinking, God, you don't hear. I never prayed about my food and my fitness to God. I prayed about everything else. I prayed about husband. I prayed about um, my singleness. I prayed about um, leading worship, that God would help me to lead worship in a confidence and a boldness. Everything else for a job, but never allowed God to come into that area of food until I got to rock bottom. My confidence was shot. And this was a couple of years ago. And... I love the way that God connects us with people. He divinely connects us with people. The doctor for me was someone he connected me with. When they diagnosed it was acid reflux and it was treatable. Before it became chronic, it was treatable by just reversing the things that I ate. And it took time. It took time. It took prayer. It took worship. I'm getting emotional now. It took worship. It took tears. It's not an easy journey. But when we bring God in, when we invite God in and ask him to bring us um, alongside, bring alongside us people to do this journey with us, the relational father that loves us, he brings them to us and he shows us scriptures. There's people that bring out Bible plans about food. Food is not the enemy. We've been um, conditioned to see that this particular food group is bad. That food group is bad. If you want to lose weight, cut this out quickly. No, my friends, it's 
the right amount of portions, the right amount of carbs, the right, a balanced, nutritious diet for you to eat. A balanced, nutritious diet for you to eat. God wants us to have food. He wants to be involved in your struggles. If your struggle is with food, if your struggle is with overeating, if your struggle is with that you emotionally eat, you go to food when you are stressed, when you are lonely, God wants to come in. There's a song that I love when you walk into the room. When you walk into the room, everything changes. And I just want to encourage you with that. I want to leave this podcast episode with that. When God walks into the room of your heart, when you allow him, you invite him into those areas, he comes and everything changes because now he is there to walk alongside you. Like the footprints in the sand, God is walking alongside you. Now, all you need to do is invite him in. I did. I constantly invite him in. I'm still, remember, I'm still walking part of my journey. When I have triggers, I'm like, God, help me. And he does. He so does. We see in Psalms with David, God will help you.